Hello, this podcast is part of our tax podcast series. I'm Matt Green, an Associate Director in the Osborne Clark Tax Disputes Team. And today I'm with Ian Hyde uh, to talk about the Criminal Finances Act and the criminal offence of failing to prevent the facilitation of tax evasion. Now, the legislation uh, on this came into force four years ago. Uh, this podcast has been prompted by the increase in activity we're seeing from HMRC uh, investigating potential offences and an increasing number of issues arising with our clients. And so we thought it worth covering in a podcast. Now, before we get into the details, um, Ian, can you set the scene with an outline of the CFA, what it is and why does it matter? Uh, yes, of course. Um, the CFA was brought in quite simply to prevent businesses from permitting tax evasion in their supply chains. The theory is that if a bank, for example, doesn't open a bank account for a tax evader or a company doesn't buy the tax evader's product, then that makes tax evasion harder. Existing criminal law didn't allow effectively for prosecution of companies in that circumstance, as it was difficult to attribute intention to the directors and hence the 2017 offence. And so when is an offence committed? Essentially, um, there's an offence if three conditions are met. First, a tax evasion offence is committed by uh, someone, a, a tax evader. Uh, second, the committing of that offence is criminally facilitated by an employee or someone who is an associated person of the corporation. And third, the corporation doesn't have in place reasonable prevention procedures uh, to prevent that facilitation. Um, a few points uh, to, to note on that. Uh, uh, firstly, the offence applies uh, to evasion of non-UK tax, but additional uh, conditions apply there that we can't go into today. Um, the associated person test is really important here. It captures anyone that performs services for or on behalf of the corporate, so for example, agents. And, and finally, at the moment, I'd just say that this is an offence of strict liability. So there's no need to prove knowledge or intent on part of the company that's being, that's being prosecuted. Yes, and, and the key to CFA is that the business needs to have put in place reasonable prevention procedures. Yes, a corporate's principal defence here effectively uh, is uh, to put in place those procedures. HMRC have issued extensive guidance to help here, and we don't really have time to go into all the details, but HMRC expect the business to carry out a risk assessment and to put in place reasonable measures. Okay. Uh, now, most, not all uh, businesses did that in 2017 or possibly early 2018. Um, we now have HMRC increasing their investigations. So isn't that just something to manage if it happens? Uh, well, yes, it is. But I think I think there's actually more to it than that. A lot of the business businesses um, we see now did those reviews, announced policies and so on in 2017 or 18, um, and have literally stuck them all in the electronic bottom drawer and done nothing about them. That means that most businesses' procedures are, in my view, uh, defective. And if there's evasion in their supply chain, it won't necessarily protect them against prosecution. That's a, a bold statement. Can you can you give me an example? Well, yes, one of HMRC's six key principles is that any procedure should be reviewed, and that's no different to Bribery Act or modern slavery policies. 
in 2017, HMRC recognised that businesses might not get it right at the outset with their new CFA policies, so encouraged them to review their effectiveness after, after a time. A review after, say, six months might have been appropriate, but depending on the risk profile of the business and so on, annually or biannually after that would also be reasonable. So, for example, running data checks on whether payments have been made to non-UK bank accounts, um, checking staffing agencies have implemented the policies they promised to do and so on would be a reasonable review. And, and there's a linked point here, isn't there, about what businesses have done with reported incidents. So, you know, if, say, the GC has been notified uh, that an employee tried to facilitate the evasion, then presumably showing you did something about it is relevant. Yes, absolutely. I mean, in that circumstance, you know, there's good news that there was an alert, so something's working well there. But what the GC can't do is just ignore the incident. Aside from whether there's a subject, whether there's a, a, a duty to notify HMRC, which is perhaps a subject for another day, um, normally the incident highlights that there's a weakness in the business procedures. So, for example, lack of training, uh, which needs to be addressed. You'd also need to think about um, disciplinary um, issues for that individual. Okay, so so what else is an issue with the original procedures set up in you know, 2017, 2018? Can you just cover what um, we're seeing a lot of around CFA policies and, uh, and changes in the business? I mean, most businesses would have undergone change since 2017. You know, for example, acquisition of new businesses, uh, which may mean the uh, CFA risks change. And so the CFA policy and procedures need to be reviewed. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly the point. I'm, I'm making it, it's, but it's not just the obvious M&A changes. So taking a trivial example, uh, one client in, in, in 2017 um, said to me when I was doing a risk review that they couldn't pay non-UK bank accounts because their out-of-date software wouldn't allow them to. I mean, that's fine as a control, but what if the software's updated? You need new, new controls. Um, also, I think, really important here to consider supply uh, changes in supply chain so we're seeing a lot of issues in off payroll worker supply change um the changes to ir35 uh, this year prompted a shift to supplying temporary staff from using pscs personal service companies to using a sole trader model or the use of the umbrella paye companies hmrc have actually labelled small umbrella companies as a form of tax evasion. Now, that may or may not be true, but if a business engages off payroll workers through an agency, their CFA procedures on managing that risk, um, including a serious risk issue of staffing agencies normally being associated persons for the business, will no doubt be based on the assumption that off payroll labour came through personal service companies. That is no longer true if they're coming through sole trader and umbrella companies. So again, the policies now don't match the facts of the business today. Right. This is all rather significant and scary, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, suppose, I suppose it is, but I don't, I, I don't really think I'm being alarmist here. Um, I try not to be. I mean, it, it is a fact that in most businesses, there are rogue employees and others who are um, perhaps relaxed about helping tax evasion. Um, 
the risk management strategy on CFA must be to have the training, cross-checks, policies, and so on, both to reduce the chance of that happening, so telling the employees not to do it, but also to be the reasonable procedures defence should the worst happen and the risk facilitation. You know, a, a defective or out-of-date set of procedures is not a defence. I mean, this isn't about wholesale reviews, I hasten to add. I'm not suggesting that you tear it up and start again, but I think it is appropriate and, and needed in most of the cases that we see for a considered refresh, taking into account business changes since 2017. Well, on that um, sobering thought, uh, that's all we have time for for now. Um, I hope you found this discussion interesting. Uh, please look out for future podcasts uh, where we'll cover other topical tax and related issues. Uh, but for now, goodbye.